Today's chat is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com FFC. With over 180,000 titles to choose from from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any MP3 player, this is a great alternative for keeping up with the monthly Focus Fire Chat Book Club. Welcome to Focus Fire chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 104 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on October 13th, yes, Friday the 13th, 2017, over on twitch.tv slash Focus Fire Chat. Big shout out to the live chat here. Thank you so much. Wow, I cannot talk this this evening. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 I got that part. I got my name yeah. right. I can Yay. pass. I can pass the SAT test. All right. <clears throat> Justin had to take the night off due to a, a bit of a change in schedule, and you know he's building a house basically. So be sure to send him some snack love over on Twitter at Justin Saint O five one six. I believe was it this week or was it the week before that uh, he found a he actually had a snack in the house. He was talking about it last week, so I think it happened last all week. Right. Be sure, be sure to to reinforce his love for all things snack on Twitter. Um, and then Mel, you know, make sure that we know that she knows that we miss her. She is actually at another convention, I think this weekend, or maybe she's getting ready for another convention. She's in the middle of like that insane convention schedule. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, it's not, it's snafu was last weekend. I want to say it's like C4. It's the, it's C4. I think, I think it's the Canadian one. I, 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 they, I don't know. Um, but she she's getting she's either she's either there or she's getting ready. But uh, be sure to let her know that we miss her over on Twitter. Also at the wind of the stars. And then obviously from the depths of the madness inducing mind maps, we are joined by our favorite Gunter, the one and only green eyed music lover. Green, I know. I hope. Well, I hope you're doing well. Are you uh, looking forward to tonight's chat? Mm hmm. And I finished the raid. Finally, I have some raid gear on tonight. I feel like I look like a scion, though. Like the I helmet I makes it I won't really look like a scion. I finally I'm, got to. I finally got to play some strikes. So nice. That's how I got my my current favorite scout rifle, the Nameless Midnight. That thing has explodey bullets, and it's fun. Mm. So well, yeah, explodey bu- bullets. Uh, mean fun. Yeah, yeah, it makes me feel uh, like yeah. I'm actually doing damage. When I'm really probably not. <clears throat> um, so yeah, let's <laughs> let's run through the intro real quick, and then we'll jump right into tonight's chat. Our topic for this week's chat is going to be a look at the new information on the Traveler in Destiny Two. Before we jump into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes to run through. In our last chat, we discussed the evolution of light. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out the new FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing as well as helping us continue to grow. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. 
Every Friday at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, found at theguardiansofdestiny.com. These include Guardian Radio, the first and longest-running Destiny podcast on the net, Guardian 1, Ghost and Echoes, which also has the Destiny audio grimoire from Destiny 1, and the network's newest edition, a non-Destiny-focused podcast, Paragon Radio. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on the new information of Warmines that we have so far in Destiny 2. Be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know which topic y'all wanting to dig into after that. Links to that poll can be found on either Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. I've asked Green to put together a high-level summary of tonight's topic, and this is what she had to say. The Traveler, ushered in the Golden Age, gifted us with extended life and greater understanding of many things before pushing back the darkness. The Traveler came out of the void that surrounds all things, flitting its way across systems, cultivating various civilizations, then moving on. Always moving on. Until its untimely slumber here on Earth. It was silent for so many years, but still inspired many to fight for it, and its resting place. Now, with Destiny 2, our Traveler has reawoken. But at what price? Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about the new information on the Traveler in Destiny 2, however, let's look at this week's Lost Lore. All right, Green. This this one is uh, this one's kind of your specialty. So you want to you want to lead us through? I don't know if it's my specialty. But oh, okay. I, I guess you you huge... were yeah. You, I guess this was this was kind of one of the ones that you kind of found. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So if some of you follow me on Twitter, you've noticed that I post a lot of Reddit links to the Destiny lore Reddit because I because a I like awesome. giving, yeah. A, it's awesome, and B, I like giving people traction and try to help them get traction as much as possible, especially if they have questions that are not generally answered a lot of the times on Reddit. I like to get them more exposure so people will jump in there. And this one was actually a really active thread this week. Mm -hmm. It was the one about the Ghost Primus, which is, I believe, uh, the it's not a scout rifle. Is it an auto rifle from the raid? Let's go with that. I just know the lore of it. I just, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, I just, I just know the lore. I'm, I'm really bad at yes. like it the is, actual thing. It is the kinetic uh, auto rifle from the raid, and it's really pretty. And I have it. But, is that uh, the one that? Is that the one that? I think I was talking. You were, you were like, oh, if you hold down it, it fires more accurate. Or is that the one that you like? Hold down the longer you hold it down, it does something. Well. Kind of. I mean, it's just a really steady auto rifle. I don't know if it actually, I don't think it has a perk that says it gets more accurate the longer it's held down. It has high impact reserves. And yeah, it does improve stability and accuracy as the magazine gets lower. Okay, as the magazine gets lower. Okay. 
Yeah. And it's called Under Pressure, which now I have that song stuck in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, so, and I'm going to, I'm going to definitely link it. I, so part of, part of this, you know, new section that we're doing is like Green said, kind of, I think we're going to probably just start kind of really heavily looking at Destiny Lore subreddit really to look mm-hmm. and see what, you know, what we're having there. If we find anything really interesting in chat that we see, we'll definitely pull those in, you know, obviously, but you know, the Destiny sub sub the Destiny Lore sub God, I am not going to be able to talk this week. The Destiny mm-hmm. Lore subreddit uh, is a is a very rich resource for especially for those those kind of bothersome questions that no one knows the answer to. So um, this one, though, this in like Green was saying, this one was dealing with the ghost Primus and the post in in question that we're going to be looking at is one that said Gaul was known as the ghost Primus, despite the cabal having no word for ghost. <laughs> it's, and it's a uh, user uh, future future observer. So it's an it's a really good it's actually a really good kind of question. Um mm-hmm. So it is basically it derives from D one's grimoire. I believe it was uh, Ghost Fragment Cabal, Cabal Four. Yes. Was it Cabal Four? Mm-hmm. And it's it's basically like they don't have a word for ghost, and so they render it as dead person in their own language. Um, <clears throat> and so in in Destiny Two, <laughs> it turns out that Gaul has a nickname basically of ghost primus. And so this was obviously in, or this is in reference to him being his albinism his, you know, because he's, he's an albino cabal um, and a runt apparently, and a, and, and a runt and very like just beat up on. Um, and so the question therefore is like, wait, I thought you said they don't have a word for ghost. So is his name actually dead person primus? Like, I mean, and, and you know, it's like, so he's like, did what's going on? Do you is Bungie just forgetting about this or you know whatever? Um, I actually really liked the uh, uh, Gal. I, I can never say this guy's name. Gal Galhamar. Galhamar, who Gal-Hamar. is actually he's Destiny PD. He's one. Of, he's one of the prime. I don't. I, I want to say Galhamar is actually the owner of he's Destinypedia. The, he is an editor. I know he's an editor, but I don't know. It's, does he own? Does he run it or? I'm not sure who he's, he's is one the of the primary. main he's one of the main name main editors if not the the one who runs it and you know he usually has really good really really good counterpoints to a lot of the arguments and and I actually fully agree with his counterpoint here um do you want did I miss anything as far as the setup for that before I go into his kind of no no it? I mean it's the idea that in Cabal 4, we literally had the Cabal asking, like, they don't have, they called the ghost the dead person. And it's referred to as dead person throughout all of it because they didn't understand that we relate to the ghost. We call our ghost ghost. And it didn't right. make sense to them for the reasons that Gallimar talks about. Gallimar. Gallimar. Yeah. <laughs> It's the name, like the name throws me. Um, so anyways, Gallimar says, they have no word for ghost as humans know the term in describing our favorite little robot, but they would have a similar concept, just not word for their own. 
ghost in the cabal language could mean the same thing as spirit, phantom, wraith, specter, or any number of human synonyms. But while the idea is the same, the word as the cabal understand it is not the same as the English word ghost. It's the same thing as in the books of sorrow, which why the English word English word year is used in the books when the concept of a year as humans understand it doesn't exist for the hive or ecumen. The answer is simple. It's the translation. Whenever Gaul is mentioned as the ghost primus, Callus and other cabal is saying this, not a human. The writers just chose to use that word because it better conveys what they had in mind for you to visualize it. Um, and then he goes on to say, you know, we humans call the ghost ghosts. And this kind of goes back with Green's thing. But the cabal would be confused since a machine can't be dead. So their word for it, dead person, indicates that there's something else going on. I think they believe the ghost as a machine and the sentient is a dead person because it is not truly alive. Um, and the, the kind of his, his point here is that, like, they have the word ghost, but they're use of the word ghost cannot account for the nickname, I guess, if you will, that we have given these little small machines that we call ghosts, right? Because when we say, when we look at a ghost, that's not what in, if you, if you pull up a dictionary for, you know, English, you look up the word ghost, it's not going to have a little, you know, little person, little, little robot that is quirky and can't open doors you know it, it's gonna have he can't, it just takes him a while it just takes a while he can't he can't process dos but um it's not gonna have the little robot thing right it's gonna have a spirit it's gonna have a phantasm it's gonna you know an, un, an undead you know entity of some nature so it's it's a very th- literal lost in translation right i mean mm-hmm. green green would you would you agree with that do you have any- i'd even I mean, I would even take it so far as to say that ghost is, when they're referring to him as a ghost, it's the fact that he was thrown out and supposed to be left for dead. So he's kind of like a phantasm coming back because he was originally supposed to be dead. He was literally thrown out as a runt when he was younger, partially because of his... Oh, you mean Gaul? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's very specific. I think it's literal in a lot of ways. I think it's literal in the fact that it's referring to his coloring because he is albino Mm -hmm. but i also think it's because he was thrown out think of him kind of like um oh gosh i'm trying to think of the character moses kind of has that same story a little bit i totally i'll totally be honest with you i was thinking of the badger from the redwall series yeah sunstripe mm -hmm. i can definitely exile of outcast or exile of redwall or no outcast of redwall Excellent book. If you haven't read it, you should go read it. It's totally awesome. Also, isn't that a really good one for kids? Yes. The entire Redwall series is really good for for young readers in general, Hmm. I think, in my mind. Mm -hmm. It's just also really fun to read, too. Yeah. I know we suggested it for Julie's nephew, but Mm -hmm. um, the idea of Gaul being a ghost could be not only just based on coloring. I mean, we obviously have the connection to our ghost, which is kind of the dead person reviving type thing, this phantom that is with us constantly. But to the cabal, the fact that he comes back from being outcast and is in this gladiator type Romanesque, I feel really bad because I want to bring up Richard Crow, not Richard Crow. It is Crow, but I don't think that's his first name. Gosh. But uh, that that gladiator movie. Anyway, oh, he kind of has Russell. Russell, thank you. 
I knew it was an R, but uh, are you not entertained? He's kind of like the ghost of himself yes. after being thrown out as a general. So it's very little in that respect too. But that's my take. I I agree. It's a translation. And the other thing is we have the gu- the gun named Ghost Primus. I don't. I'm trying to remember where he is actually called Ghost Primus in game by any of the characters. Um, I'm, I'd have to go back and listen me. to some tape. Yeah, but I if, don't know. It might have been. It might have been in um, campaign. In the not in the campaign. Sorry, but in uh, in the it might have been dialogue. I'm sorry. That's I was right. ser- I was searching for the word. If he's actually not called Ghost Primus by anybody, it could literally just be us assigning that name to him as well. Right. I mean, like the the actual entry for the Ghost Primus rifle does say the Ghost Primus was strong because of his disfigurement, not in spite of it. He alone had the vision to share my dream of a new perfect world. Gaul was a right. creature of singular beauty, and I loved him. So, Which like, I mean, sounds he, he, like it's the perspective of Callus. What's his right? Well, no, is it Cal? I don't think is it Callus that. Yeah, because I mean, well, Callus uh, is the emperor because it's the it's the other guy, the consul, the red guy, the consul. Because oh, the consul is kind of rescued them. Right. Well, but see, but then he goes on to say, Gaul was an unexpected gift to my Colosseum, a disfigured albino from the outer waste who defeated opponents three times his weight. Um, blah blah. blah. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I mean, he I said see it being from both perspectives. I mean, it's a raid gun, so it makes sense if it was callous, right? But... And I think most of the other guns are from Cal. Like all the all the pieces of the shadows are all from Callus's point of view. It also closes mm-hmm. with a paragraph. He says, "I used to play a game with those puffed up aristocrats who that would gamble in my arena. I bet on Gaul, and anyone who had displeased me had to bet against him. It was a it was fun for a time, but his talent was too valuable to risk in the Colosseum." I appointed him Primus of the Red Legion and instead set him loose upon my enemies. So, I mean, so I kind of, I kind of take that as callous. Like I, I kind of, mm-hmm. I, I read that as, because then it's a pretty you know, gun. It is. It's well, and it, which goes in line with the entire hedonistic mm-hmm. theme that callous kind of has against Gaul's more militant, right. militant approach. <clears throat> but it does also it also speaks to uh gaul's personality as well you know like he never attacked from the front never stood in one place you know and, and that is pins is saying in chat ghosts can also be defined as to leave a social gathering often of an intimate atmosphere without notifying others in the group so you like ghost away um, you're ghosting just, you're that's ghosting. a new thing mm-hmm. um generally considered to be an odd way to act uh so if you read the second paragraph uh of the ghost primus card it says he fought with terrible discipline and patience most gladiators wanted to stand in the center of the arena and trade blows until the weaker one died not gaul he never attacked from the front never stood in one place frustrated and exhausted his opponent would make a mistake um which is basically he ghosted around his opponents yeah he 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 was so you you know you're kind of talking about like how the word ghost primus could be used to explain his alban albinism uh, it could also be his fighting style. He was a mm-hmm. ghost. You can't, you can't, you can't hurt what you can't touch. Um, you know, and he he kind of played played the game of strategy against 
opponents who were relying on brute strength. So right. it's it's definitely definitely that. And I mean, and those are all actually and again, kind of going back to the whole did they actually use ghosts? Did they you know whatnot? It's again kind of going back to that nod that when we say ghost and we talk about the small robots that the cabal called dead persons, um, they, it's uh, God, I just went blank on what the word is when you apply a word to something that has no relevance to it. Mm-hmm. God, like it's, oh my God, I mean, I just, I completely, I feel like an idiot. I just completely went blank on this one. Um, it'll, somebody will bring it up. I know someone will, someone will mention it. Uh, but it, but it, like, basically we're using a word that has nothing to do with the item that we're describing to describe an item. It's so, like, like, um, anthropomorphism yeah, type. Yeah, kind of, but kind it's of, not, but it's not because we're not, we're not really anthropomorphizing it, but yes, it's very similar to that. And I, I feel like an idiot. I can't think of this word. But that's it's what, right. but, but that is often when you look at anything, even, even in human languages, if you translate from there's, there's a plenty, uh, one of my favorite words is sonder. Um, mm-hmm. and that is literally the word means the, it's, it's a very long definition, but sonder means the realization that everyone around you who is nothing but a backdrop to your life has a life just as full, if not fuller than your own in which you are nothing more than a backdrop. So like literally the 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 feeling of sonder is realizing the depth of the personalities around you are just as deep as you even though to your in your world they are just 2D characters in their world you are just the same you are just a 2D character and the the breadth of experience of just that that realization that phenomenal realization is what's called sonder um, there's tons of words that just you can't translate. A lot of uh, words in like uh, ja- Japanese and Chinese languages, they have no English translation. Uh, there's a lot of German phrases that have no English translation, and they explain mm-hmm. like these 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 fascinating emotional um, experiences that just don't. There is no way to translate that into a language that we speak like the English speakers speak, but to them it is an integral part of their, their existence. And so in the same way that that is lost in translation, this concept of ghost as a, as a machine, the ghost is lost in translation. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. I could, I can totally see that. It's just, Hmm. It's just a fun thing to contemplate and talk about because it is a literal semantics at this point. Right. It, it's it's literally it, it right. It's it's literal semantics inside the game, which I, I mm-hmm. love. I love the. It just makes it realize. Um, yes, idiom, idiom, idiom. Mm. A group of words established by usage of having a meaning not deducible from those of the individual words. Rain cats and dogs see the light. Kind of. I love chat. Chats. We're 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 working on it. Chat. We're getting there. Yep. We'll but. get there. Let's see here. Okay, so let's go into actually the traveler itself for this week. Okay. You ready? 
Yeah, you, you want you want to cue it up? I know I know it's broken, but Randy's ready to go. I don't. I like Randy's upgrade. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Lorebot two point zero activated. Query received. Interfacing with expanded database directory. Response received. Displaying on screen for review. So, we have a lot of information about the Traveler from D1, and mm-hmm. it's always kind of a good place to start at the beginning of that. Do we want to go back and read some of the cards from D1? Um, I don't, I mean... I think we should at least touch uh, read, on them. Read at least read the them. Traveler. Like, the Traveler card, I think, is probably the, the one that I think probably would be the only one. Because, I mean, everything mm. else really kind of... I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'll... I'll, I'll Speculation. I'll spe- well, right. But, I mean, as far as, like, something that's black and white, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, I mean, I, I understand the, the shock that there are things that are black and white in Destiny. But there are. There are a few things. Um... So I'll grab the Traveler card real quick. So for those who are are new to the game, we used to have these really cool things called Grimoire cards that you might have heard some people upset about the removal of. This is one of them. This is the card called the Traveler. It says, everything changed with the coming of the Traveler. It gave us gifts that transformed the solar system and the nature of human life. It ushered in the Golden Age, a time of miracles. But it never shared its deepest secrets. Where did the Traveler come from? Why did it offer us so much? Did it know it was being hunted across the stars? And why, when the darkness came, did it choose to stay and fight for us? Now the Traveler hangs silent above above humanity's final sanctuary. It may be healing. It may be dying. It gave everything it had to save us. And now its power lies with us, its guardians. Um, Obviously... There has been a few events in Destiny 2 that have happened since this. Um, a few, just a, just just a few. Uh, but this was this was one of the initial Grimoire cards that we actually got in Destiny Vanilla. Um, so this was a this was the introduction to the Traveler, which is why I kind of feel that it's it's a it's an apt card to read. Um, I know Green, you had it here noted the the Alpha Lupi cards. Did you want to talk about those at all? Well, I mean, if we're going to go into some of the theories that I think could still somewhat hold up in D2 that we had in D1, because one of the biggest theories about the Traveler in Destiny 1 was the fact that the Alpha Lupa cards, Alpha Lupi, wow, you're rubbing off on me already. <laughs> um, they are actually from the perspective of the Traveler. That was the a very very common theory that was brought up in a lot of different Reddit posts and whatnot. And I think it still holds up because of the, the vision that we have before we get our powers back before, Mm. you know, like after we fall, we have that really beautiful, beautiful vision that I, it's still my favorite cutscene in all of destiny two so far. It is just gorgeous. And so much is packed in there and I love it. But I would argue that that is actually an alpha by vision. It is not proven. That. It's not written anywhere. But I, I've always had that feeling that that's what that is. And if that's sent from the Traveler, great. If it's not, 
I don't know where it came from. But the Alpha Lupi Visions, we have three other cards that came with the Alpha Lupi tag to it. And so if you want to check that out, that's a fun place to go and down a rabbit hole. I think they kind of hold up, but they're very vague, just like that vision. Uh, the other the other really cool thing is, and this is kind of a fun conversation that we had back in Destiny 1, was way before Destiny even came out, there was an ARG that resulted in us getting this really awesome wallpaper, which, by the way, is still relevant if you haven't seen. I believe it was Kex that pointed this out over on Twitter. Um, if you look at the wallpaper and you look at the right side, there are the pyramid ships. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, they're pyramid ships. I'll I'll I send I'll, I'll send it to you. But the the cool thing about it is um on this wallpaper there is the the kind of the arcing spherical like almost alchemy, alchemical looking diagram um mm-hmm. that was very popular with the traveler and destiny 1 and the vault of glass and like all this you know it was a very very popular symbol. And then inside of it, at certain points, there are actually the Grimoire cards that made up the Alpha Lupi series. Those The text is actually embedded in the wallpaper as well. There is differences in the text that kind of was, because this was released before Destiny 1 was released. Um, so there, there's, a, there's a bit of differences. It's not a huge significant differences, but we did talk about that, I believe, in one of the episodes uh, that we were back in Destiny 1. Um, again, not a huge, huge thing. If you want to see the image, I have it saved. Um, I can, I can throw it into discord if you guys want me to, uh, just let me, just, just let me know and I'll, I'll send it over discord. Uh, it is, it's a really pretty wallpaper. It's a very, very pretty wallpaper, but yeah, it's, it's a very interesting image. There's a lot of, a lot of things as is usual with Bungie, a lot of things to unpack from it. Um, I'm trying to think, but yeah, I mean, that's alpha, alpha Lupi is, I mean, you could, well, we did do a whole show on Alpha Lupi and mm-hmm. only only scratch the surface of it. And there's so many videos out there. People have talked about Alpha Lupi for a while. Do you want to talk about the Orphic Egg? Yes! Since All right. that is also your favorite. <clears throat> it's one of, well, it's one of my favorites. And, and I mean, like, I grant, granted, I have to give, I have to give credit where credit's due. Because this is this is the the theory that that may have made someone's career. Good job, Bife. Um, yeah, this is like one. I think this is one of his, if not his first videos about Destiny was about the Orphic Egg, or the World Egg. I think is what he actually called it. But the Orphic Egg is basically the equivalent of a World Egg. It's just Orphic Egg is the Greek mythology concept for it. Um, and an Orphic, the Orphic egg is basically a cosmic egg from which is hatched the primordial hermaphroditic deity Fanes, or also known as Protogonus, uh, which is also variously equated with, among other divine figures, Zeus, who then in turn creates the other gods. So this is basically the cosmic egg from which everything is born, the, the unmoved mover, if you would, from an Aristotle's point of view. And the cool thing about this is um, the Orphic egg is often depicted as a as an egg, like a, a sphere, kind of like the Traveler, with a giant serpent wound around it that is kind of protecting it and guarding it or maybe attacking it, trying to eat it. We don't really know with it. 
Um, and the the name Orphic Egg actually derives from the the religious. It, so Orphic is a religious belief or practice that was associated with literature ascribed to a mythical poet named Orpheus who, if you're a fan of Greek mythology, you'll probably recognize that name. This was the poet who descended into the Greek underworld and then came back and made the mistake of looking over his shoulder. He was uh, very obs- he was very obsessed with the underworld and especially with like Persephone and the figures of that. But there is an Orphic hymn in which, and this is a really cool connection, which, he, which is, says, Ineffable, hidden, brilliant scion, whose motion is whirring, you scattered the dark mist that lay before your eyes, and flapping your wings, you whirled about, and through this world, you brought pure light. So, yeah, definite connection. A little right bit there. of a connection there. Um, Which part? I mean, there's yeah. like the scion. Granted, scion is spelled S C I O N instead of well, scion yeah, P. and scion is usually registered like <clears throat> when you when you say the word scion. It's usually like a a reference to um, not a not a priest, but like a like almost like a seer um, or an avatar. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like a de- well, a descendant. Uh, so like it's like usually of notable families. So like you see, like you know, he was a scion of a wealthy family, but it's also often applied to uh, divine divine entities so like a scion of a divine person would be basically the avatar of that individual definitely i don't know i mean the other oh, yes. thing you have sorry. to remember from sorry just to interject yes chad is also saying it's an offshoot so mm-hmm. within regards to um hereditary or plants it's an offshoot or a twig uh that's usually used for grafting or rooting so yes, chat chat is mentioning that right now, and I just wanted to give them a nod real quick. So sorry, sorry for the interruption there. Yeah, no worries. I mean, it's you definitely see a very Orphic egg with the serpent-like imagery from the very beginning of Destiny One, and I think they actually played a nod to it in Destiny Two with some of the imagery that they use because the opening of Destiny One, you have that brownish, like oh what is it directory type screen mm-hmm, where you mm-hmm. see the traveler and you see the weaving in and out of the darkness around it. And yeah. it's very serpent. Like it's not necessarily going like hugging well, the traveler, but it's, it's around also, the traveler. And it's also like, I, I always kind of saw it as the mist. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a fog, you know, like <clears throat> when you, when you, um, uh, okay. So like when you're, when you're fighting taken, right. If you ever run into a taken blight or, you know, like where they're summoning and you ever or the darkness balls that the captains throw, um, you know, it's it's very, very uh, misty. And I don't like it's that's not the perfect word for it, but it's very like foggy and it visually makes you visually. Yeah. It, well, and, I mean, obviously, yeah, that's I mean, that's the point. But like the aesthetics of how it obscures your vision is like a heavy fog is laid over you. And then if you look, yeah, yes, there you go. There you go. Thank you. Um, And then if you look at the director, like what you were saying at the beginning of the game, you know, for especially Destiny 1, um, which I, I don't think, do they have, I don't, I don't know if they have this because they changed the director in Destiny 2. But if you go back and you watch opening scenes of Destiny 1, you'll see that kind of like, like what you're saying, it's kind of like this wavy, dark matter is, but it looks like mist. 
it looks like a cloud is how I've always seen it. I've always seen it as a cloud. So reading this Orphic hymn, I'm like, yeah, you scattered the mist. You drove it back because it flapped its wings. You know, it, it, it released the light. And, you know, that's to me, that just is, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of the more credible theories, I think, as far as like the, what the traveler stands for. Yeah. In game. Or the inspiration, at least. Right. I mean, obviously the traveler has some very mechanical things going on and it's not necessarily an egg. I mean, you can look at it now. You see all sorts of things, and I'd I'd like to go inside the traveler at some point. That's well, I just want to say that the the Everest the Everest frigate might might be booking tours. They do warn okay. that it smells heavily of vanilla, and there might potentially be tiger people. Do you trust that man though? Because no, I, I don't, really don't trust that man. I don't. I don't trust him at all. But I just find it hilarious. The, I don't even uh, think ever, like Tess even trust him. I, I actually, actually, I think there is a quote that like she actually, I, I heard her say something about like you can't, you can't trust everything that he says, but enough of it's okay or something. Like she's like it, he basically makes us money, so we just put up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, for for those who again who are joining Destiny in Destiny Two and might not have gotten, I think what was it the first festival they lost that we. Got the tiger mask? Yes. Um, the Eververse has a Tess, who is the the purveyor of Eververse, has a... Uh, is it Uncle? Is that what Finchurch claims to be? They're, well, that's what they call each other. They call each other? Okay. We don't, we don't not, know if it's necessarily relation. Just right. Because. Well, and we figure it's not because both of them are guardians. Uh, right. But they were they basically the story is Finchurch is a, a guardian um, who is a guardian who has one of the few named ghosts that well up until uh, the end of Destiny one he was one of the only ones that had a named ghost and I cannot remember the name Ch- was it Chet it wasn't Chester was it it was something oh, it was something like but um, he was he was. Uh, he was one of the ones that had the one of the few that had a named ghost and he was basically the when he was resurrected he had a silver coin which we all now know to be the silver that we can you know it's basically the microtransactions in destiny but um Tess was also when she was resurrected also had a silver coin and so Finchurch kind Neville. of Neville that was who it was oh, got to love that um Tess and Finchurch basically found out that each of them had a silver coin and they basically made the connection and made the just kind of conclusion that they obviously needed to stick together. And so they adopted the kind of the the relation of uncle and niece to one another. And Finchurch is this like really eccentric figure. We haven't we have never seen him in game, but we have like these little like notes and things from him throughout. Um throughout the destiny one, especially during the festival's loss, which was basically the equivalent of new year's and, um, or no, not, not festival. That was the dawning. Sorry. Festival of the Lost was Halloween, uh, mm-hmm. in which we got some masks, which were basically for the first festival of the Lost, were all thin church quotes. And they were hilarious. Like and amazing. You, you definitely got the feeling that Finchurch was not allowed in the tower because he just annoyed the ever living 
bleepity out of everyone, including the speaker. But one of the quotes was from, uh, or no, it wasn't the tiger, it, but one of the quotes, oh, it was the, the traveler mask. Uh, he, he claims to have been inside the traveler and that it f- smells faintly of vanilla. And then there's another mask that was the tiger man mask, um, which is a, a bit of a nod to the basically before destiny again, before destiny one came out, there were some images of tiger people that we have not yet seen. And in so far as we have yet, there's nothing that we know of, but Finchurch claims that as he was traveling through the Vex network, he met such a, such a figure and that he was a very, what what do you say? A very loyal friend and companion (laughs) or something like that. Finchurch is amazing. But I would not. Finchurch is odd. <laughs> odd. Odd is a good word. He's a good variant of Asher. Uh oh. <laughs> no, I'm just not going to identify that with any sort of comment. <sighs> I just can't wait till we hear a certain person's perspective on Asher. Oh yeah, that's true. That's that's very true. Oh man. Oh <laughs> uh-huh. uh, well, I mean, okay. So, do you think that's so? I mean, to bring it back to the traveler, um, that's kind of the the build up. I mean, it really, that's honestly the kind of the build up that we've had about the traveler up until Dustin two. I mean, there's there's more things about it, like the actual. Um, Oh gosh, now why am I blanking on the Ares 1? The whole Ares 1 mission, the Traveler, the very opening cutscene where you see the Traveler tra- terraforming things, the knowledge that the Traveler um, actually moved from planet to planet slash mm-hmm. planetoid type thing, terraforming, which it moved even after it visited Earth the first time too. That was actually a big debate we had at one point. Still fairly have. recently. Still have. It's, I think it, I think. I, I, yeah, I see both sides. I actually do see Mm -hmm. both sides. I think it depends on, it. it, it's all, it's again, semantics. It Mm -hmm. all depends on what you interpret as the beginning of an age and, you know, all that. But. It ushered in the golden age. Anyway, um, just going to keep throwing that line out there. (laughs) But I think, yeah, there's a lot of like nitpicky things you can get into that weren't super detailed but if you want to know more about what we used to know about the traveler going back and watching some of those old clips or listening to our first episode on the traveler yeah and man if you if you like you know if you are if you've never seen the actual cinematic opening to destiny one i really encourage you to go watch it because i mean even now it's it's a really cool opening and i think that it does a really good job actually of explaining kind of the premise of Ares one especially it gives gives a good feel for that entire martian mission mm-hmm. um we have then, a laura 101 video on that mm-hmm. not to it's pretty good it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty good one i don't know who made it but she did a pretty good job with it i haven't made one in a long time (laughs) i have been making a crud ton of just clips of all the missions and stuff like that and continue to make that and i feel like i'm never going to be finished with that but (laughs) well well real quick 
I just want to take a chance to kind of speak to the sponsor of this episode because Green Green has made it a point of making sure that I don't forget to do this. Um, so as a part of the Focus Fire Chat community, you might have noticed that we have a monthly book club. If you don't notice that, hey, we have a monthly book club. Um, and as many of us don't always have time to like sit down and actually read a book, even though it's the best way to read a book, uh, a great alternative can be found over at Audible. So the FFC team would like to offer you a chance to try that alternative out by offering you a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial at to just to the service. Um, all you have to do is visit www.audibletrial.com slash FFC and sign up that way. And Green, I believe this month we actually are taking a break, right? We're, we're doing a, kind of a project in the book club, right? Well, it's, it's more of a, if you have your favorite book, and some people were asking about like series or something like that. I, I want to say favorite book, even within a series, which I know is hard. I know that is very, very hard to do, especially if you love a series more than anything. Um, just give reason in book chat about why that is your favorite. Be pretty detailed about it. And I think it's a really good way to introduce people. Like, I want you to do your own advertisement for the book, essentially. And that way we get more people seeing all sorts of different types of books because not all of us like the same thing. And that is one of the beauties of a group like this. Continue. <laughs> so, uh, so just to kind of bring back to the traveler, what, what I figured we'll do is we'll talk a little bit about the events in destiny two's campaign, because this is actually a really cool, kind of a really cool opportunity to talk about what we've learned. Cause we've learned quite a bit about the traveler just in the short can't, well, not the short, but for us, the short campaign of destiny two, um, it was, there was a, there was quite a bit of information to be to be gleaned about the traveler mainly that oh wait it's still alive it actually woke up Yay. Uh, so so first off we uh we are introduced to the traveler as a character when it gets captured by you know as uh as justin so lovingly calls it the starfish of death um and that kind of connect that well it kind of verifies the theory that the traveler is not just not was not just a catalyst of the energy, but is actually the An active um, participant. The active participant in the the energy flow of light, because as soon as that shield you know snapped in place, as we as as we all know, out went the lights on everyone. Um, literally, yeah. I, I didn't even realize that. Yes, literally, out went the lights. Um, and so that 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 kind of you know solidified the theory and the or the I guess the model that a lot of people were having about that that particular relationship that the traveler was still an active part in this this entire big thing that's going on, um, and then the spark videos and green I know this is probably I'm going to let you kind of take the spark videos. How do you, what do you want to, what did you want to call out on those particular? Well, I mean, there's a lot to call out. We could probably, if we really wanted to do a whole episode on the spark video on the original one where you see the shard for the first time, we could do, mm, a, mm-hmm. I, I think we could do a whole episode on that, but um, 
that original video, that cutscene, you have the imagery of the bird. Obviously, we kind of see that as Lewis later on, but flying towards the traveler. But Lewis is kind of like a little ghost-like light bird type thing. And then you have all sorts of different aspects pulled into the video. If you haven't seen it in a while because you played the campaign and you'd like to see it again, um, head over to... it's. It's technically on my YouTube page, Green Eye Music Lover YouTube page. I pulled the clips out and I've just been cutting all the different clips out. So if you want to see specifically just that clip without any lore background or anything, anybody talking or mucking it up, just go and view that. It's an easy way to view it again. Um, But yeah, the Spark videos, like right before we get the Spark, our Spark back and everything, there's so much many little tidbits in there about the traveler having energy and calling us to its other portion, which raises a lot of questions. Like does that portion have sentience or consciousness to be able to share that? Are we hallucinating on the cabal without having light? I don't know. I mean, There's lots of questions I have about the Shard in particular, because the Shard is corrupted. And there's a line in the, in, I want to say the campaign, or it might be part of one of the scannables where it said the Traveler casted off this portion of itself. I mean, Mm. it definitely has a lot of things that should be answered at some point. Oh, yes. You know, honestly, mm-hmm. you're you're talking about this the uh, the ghostly bird, and I just I, I I honestly remember playing that, and I was like really confused for about a half a second because I was like, wait, I'm playing Destiny, right? I'm not playing Assassin's Creed. I'm really confused. Like, I liked the bird image. No, though. no, no. I I liked it. I just, but like literally, that was that was the thought that went through my head when that scene came on. I was I was sitting there, and I was like. I'm playing Destiny 2, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. just like, it was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. And I was like, what is that from? And it was, yeah, it's Assassin's Creed. Like, because right. the, the connection to the birds. Well, which is I mean, a good it thing. would be kind of awkward if they tried to have a flying wolf or anything like I that. I would not be opposed to it. I think it would be kind of funny, especially if they had one of the iron wolves with the weird mouths. I still th- oh no not the weird mouth ones that just never stop and they're constantly growling at you. Those wolves were not nice. They were not nice puppies. Yeah, that's how Lefty got his nickname. Was he tried to pet the wolf? I would love to pet the wolves. Anyway, oh, but uh, yeah, I'll, I don't know. I think it'd be a little too on the nose if they had a wolf flying. <laughs> Well, I mean, technically, was isn't Louis isn't Louis technically a raptor? Yeah, that's true. Kind of, kind of is a flying wolf, but yeah. Um, and then, and then next, we had uh, you wanted to talk about Gaul and his entire his entire entire psychosis. I don't don't even know what what to call it. Well, I mean, there's kind of snaps. He kind of snaps. Yeah. Well, okay, so before Gaul infuses himself with, I don't even know what to call it, just the the Super Saiyan power, essentially, and he's constantly asking the speaker about what is the Traveler, like, why 
and we kind of talked about this last week. It's like, what, why are guardians picked? Why, why all this? What is, and he knows about the traveler, which I think is really interesting. Like he's been studying the traveler. He knows that it's gone to civilizations and knows that it leaves those civilizations. It doesn't stay. So he's confused as much as we are as to why the traveler chose to stay quote and I'm doing air quotes for chose um, because we don't know if it literally chose to stay or if it's something else, which at this point, no, no, don't start that. Anyway, um, super saiyan gall when he does his infusion, it's over 9,000. Yeah. That that I was really sad that he didn't yell that at least once when I was shooting him (laughs) because, oh, he kind of missed opportunity. Missed opportunity there, Bungie. You even had the Super Saiyan fire going around him. Well, uh, at at one point, I mean, Um, yeah, I did. I did want to actually interject when you were talking about Gaul studying the Traveler. We actually do know that Callus actually also has studied some of these cultures because in the expanded or in the in the collector's edition when you got the cabal booklet if you go back and if you don't have the booklet there's pdfs of this thing floating around everywhere so it's not hard to find but if you look at the page in which he is talking about dominus gall it's basically callus's hit list of people that he wants assassinated for the shadows um Gaul is number one on that list, by the way. Gaul is number one, which kind of makes sense. It makes sense. But when he explains Gaul, he he compares him to the Krill. So Kallus is very aware of things. And the Cabal as a general, as, as general, have, have, they've, they've studied the, the, I don't even know what you would call it, the universe, um, universes, the timelines. I mean, the the sociology. Cabal, I don't know. Well, the Cabal have the access to the OXA machine, which is very similar to the Future War Cults machine, apparently, and so it gives it them. Science. Yeah, it gives them access to a lot of knowledge, and so I mean, Callus, but Callus does compare Gaul to Oryx. And and kind of shows like he's like no look this is why you know and he uses that as kind of an excuse of being like this is why we don't do this because it's going to end badly look at where this <laughs> look at where this ended and so so yeah, but my I, my point there being is that it makes sense that Gaul would be cognizant in hindsight now uh, now that we know what we know about the Cabal in Destiny two it makes sense that Gaul knows as much as he does about the Traveler because they know they they followed the path. They have followed its path and and has, mm-hmm. have studied it. Here's a question for you, and this one just kind of popped in my head, and I wish we would have had to actually talk about it. Do you remember what order he gets his light powers in? Because I know, and he gets them one at a time. Um, whether it's solar first, then void, then arc, or I, I, I don't. don't I don't know if there's a set order, um, but I know that they are all warlock abilities. Right. That he actually uses, which I think is interesting. I mean, it would be kind of devastating if if he had a Night Stalker ball. I was like, I was just glad when that happened. I was like, oh, no, he's getting powers. Please, no golden gun. Please, no Mm -hmm. golden gun. 
Um, cause that, that was one of those like, that hunters are OP. <laughs> I was like, I just don't want to deal with the golden gun <laughs> or the night, the night stalker too. But like, at least like the night stalker, you could kind of like walk out of the tether, but the golden gun, it's like, Oh, I poked my head around the corner at the wrong time. Right. Checkpoint. It, it's just, you know, even though his, he does get the warlock powers. They're not as powerful as our warlock powers because one hit from a Nova bomb and we're done right. with his, he's still kind of sort of learning it. So it's like maybe warlock powers, which is interesting that- too, because if you look at the amount of light that he's ingesting at that point, you would think that it actually would be super powerful, but that goes back to, he doesn't have a ghost. And we had that theory, the regular one that goes, Right, the ghost is the regulator slash focuser to focus our light to make us actually more effective. I think that's the reason why he a cannot process the light correctly, which is part of his implosion and everything, which we're going to get into, I'm sure, here in a little bit. But that's also why he can't be as powerful as guardians in general. Yeah, he can't and- actually make it work. Right, and also as guardians, we kind of have a a good amount of years of experience. Most most right. guardians take like our guardian is our guardian is um is unique, and that's one of the reasons that the vanguard are nervous about our guardian is because of the uniqueness of our guardian and how fast we've mastered the light. But most guardians take a long time to master the use of light, and that's kind of implied is because. It takes you have to rearrange the way you think about things, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, you know, granted, we don't have any memories of the old our old lives, but there are still kind of instinctual, you know, like I'm not going to I there's the the instinctual need to survive that is in any any space species and animal. And like so, you know, like a warlock can fly. Sure. But it's it's kind of the kind of like the hive and the throne worlds being psycho mutable you know mm-hmm. uh the other example is like the lantern core from dc right you know right. you Green you, can, you can do you can do whatever you imagine but you have to be able to imagine it and if you can't even imagine it then you can't do it it's like you see you know when you saw the intro to d2 and you saw ikora kind of flying and then, and then you turn around, and most warlocks can barely jump. You know that's because they're not they're not imagining things, which actually makes it very interesting point that I'm gonna. Here's also another question for you: Does he have the same? I mean, you'd like to talk about your ritual, the way that you manifest the light mm-hmm. as a way to call it forward. I can't remember if he has anything that looks any remotely like our own. I honestly was too busy hiding and shooting I know, I was too. I want to go back and watch it. I want to go back and watch it at some point and see if he has the same manifestation triggers that we have. It would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, Um, and the other other thing is, is even if you don't use, you know, even if you, if it turns out that the rituals are not necessary, if you look at it as a as a mental focus it's it's literally training your brain to do a a ritual is not just about the motions taken it's also about the mind this is the state of mind right right and so <clears throat> you know <clears throat> excuse me uh 
you a, a ritual can differ from individual to individual and still have the same effects because it's it, it's partially because of because of the state of mind. Um, you you see that a lot in in you know in real life uh, in reality. You see that a lot with religions in where you have prayer beads of a kind. You know, most most religions, most organized religions have prayer beads. And the reason why is because it's a ritualistic process. It allows you to it, it's a it's a tool in which it helps your your mind, your mental state achieve a particular state of being. And it's not because there's mystical powers in the prayer beads. I know there's oh, some no. people. I mean, but I mean, I'm I'm just saying there there are people right. who misunderstand this, and mm-hmm. it's not. That's not at all what is being done. It is a, literally a a meditative tool in which you are using, and you see this a lot with um, one particular example that comes to mind is walking a labyrinth, uh, in cat and you know as a Catholic and and I'm kind of familiar with Christian faith. The process of walking a labyrinth is, um, you, you, I mean, if you're curious, you should go look it up. Because a labyrinth, a lot of people hear labyrinth and they assume it's the maze and the minotaur and all that. And that's not actually what a labyrinth is. A labyrinth is actually a very intricately laid out path in which there's only one path. And it takes you to the center. And then you turn, you, you meditate inside the center. And then you turn around and you come back out. And the process, the the concept there for the meditation, as far as a meditation tool, is that as you're walking a path to the center, it takes a long time and it requires concentration to stay on the path because that's what they want you to focus on. They want you to start focusing on the singular process of staying on the path. And then once you get to the center, there's usually in, in most labyrinths, most labyrinths that you're meditating in, there's benches or chairs or something that you can sit in and meditate. And then when you feel like you've completed, you then reverse the process and you come. Mm-hmm. And basically the concept is you're coming back out of that secluded space and you're coming back into the real world. And so you're, you're Which, bringing that knowledge back with you. you but can, that, no, go the for it, labyrinth go for is a really good example of it. I mean, going back to kind of like speed or, or anything like that. You don't necessarily have to have item to do that. Anything you, you, that you do repetitively with the same intent mm-hmm. and concentration over and over and over can become a tool like that. It, yeah, I mean, I know that at my job, I do a lot of very repetitive tasks and I don't have to think anymore while doing it so I can focus on other things. But not, not the Dark Tower. Right, no, because I can't listen to Rhea, because Rhea is a terrifying character. I literally messed up three payrolls because of her. Anyway, going back to the Traveler in Gaul. So we kill Gaul, and he's sitting there steaming next to the to the Traveler. I mean, that... A is amusing to me. He's steaming. He doesn't A and also he doesn't have the black oozy stuff that all the other cabal have. Yeah, I did. Did notice you notice that. that? Yeah. So he doesn't have that. He doesn't I don't know if he doesn't need it as far as atmospheric pressurizing of or his suit or or if it's been replaced at that point. Right. Right. So he's not he's he's steaming, but he's not oozing like the other ones tend to do. And then we get him doing this whole fern gully effect and just uh, rising up. It I can't think of anything else, but he's like a giant white fern gully with a very oryx like original 
manifestation. Did you notice the wings? Yes. Yeah, I did. I always, I, mean, I thought, I thought the wings was more a nod to um, the Dawn Blade. Maybe. I mean, he also, his armor set, he has wings that he wears. His, on the, his back, he is literally wearing a pair of wings. It's granted not very attractive as far as a suit. I mean, the suit is, I don't know, if you're a cabal, you might like that sort of thing. But the, the wings very much so felt like the Oryx draw-in imagery when you first do the oh, yeah, King's yeah, yeah, Fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that operatic that was, uh, feeling. from the cell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it had that same kind of feeling to it. So if we go back to last week's conversation talking about the speaker and what why the speaker thinks the traveler like chose the guardians, the devotion, the sacrifice, and sacrifice leads to death, this is the last step in it for Gaul to be able to quote unquote resurrect. He dies. Granted, like Chat was saying earlier, he took the light. He didn't actually. He wasn't actually given the light. He took it. Which the is, light didn't choose him. Which is interesting because, like, throughout the entire campaign, he's like, "No, if I take it, I've I failed, and I don't fail." And I'm like, "But you, but you did." <laughs> but he he gets to that. I mean, he kills what's his face. Console. Yeah, Console. I think I I kind of took that as that was when he kind of mentally was gone. He snapped. At Last that point. straw. Well, I mean, Consul basically took away his only guy. Oh yeah, to the no, no, no. I mean, like Consul killed Speaker. Right. I definitely well suppose it sort of. But I mean, like I definitely see the the Consul as pushing Gaul to that point. But I mean, mm-hmm. what I mean is like when Gaul when Gaul chokes the Consul and kills him. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he kills him. Um, mm-hmm. Like. I see that as I mean because like up until that point, Gaul had had been for for all intents and purposes, Gaul had been pretty calm in his dealing with the console, and he referred to him constantly as his old friend and all mm-hmm. this. And then all of a sudden, he just like you know snaps, snaps. and it just like I mean, it's just an, just about well, face, and he chokes he him, knows. and then he goes from that to kind of I mean, kind of taking the light and up until that point right. it all had been about proving that he was worthy about giving it and so it to yeah. me that just was like i'm like yeah you're gone that's after we had gotten to the almighty though i believe right like, right they, I, I mean like i think that yeah. he is getting ready to lose right i think there were a lot of guardian. stressors i think there were a lot of stressors in gall's life at that point mm-hmm. gall us, went us being us us being one of the large, large stressors, oh, as yeah. as we do, as we do, you know. Definitely. I mean, okay, so he does his burn gully, goes up, <clears throat> and then the traveler does something while he's trying to make his speak speech, like, I'm immortal, I'm a god, blah, blah, <laughs> blah. I'm a typical bad guy who can't stop talking before I end up realizing my ultimate doom, because <sighs> tropes are fun. Anyway, um... Traveler breaks out of its cage, which you realize, I don't know if you realized it right away that it was an actual, like, I just saw the the starfish, the arms. I didn't realize it was actually encasing it as well as the arms. I thought it was, like, draining the power, which made the thing turn reddish. 
but there's literally an encasing around it. Oh, you mean like the shield? Mm-hmm. The shield. Yeah, the yeah. Because like when you when you saw the starfish, that was uh, when you when the starfish like initially deployed, you could see the casing like ripple out right. around it, but and I, that was right before our light got or when it when it well, went around and connected around the back of it. That's when our mm-hmm. light got stolen. Right, but that's like the energy ripple that I remember seeing. But if you take a look at the traveler throughout the campaign, it's really having it's a shell put around it on top of its actual energy encasing. Yeah, yeah it was like so a net. It was an energy net. It reminded right. me a lot of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the uh, the ship shields that they mm-hmm. did at the end. It reminded me a lot of that. Like that's kind of how I always saw it. Oh yeah, I mean, then that bust out, and it looks like a physical thing because it's literally breaking out of. It's not just like a, a netting, like a fishing net. It's mm-hmm. a lot more substantial than that. And that and that to me is, um, I kind of have, a th- I I, I kind of think that might be why there's a little bit, well, not a little bit, but you you see that the the egg is cracking. Um, mm-hmm. I think that might have been a part of the reason why is because it wasn't just a matter of pushing energy out. It also had to actually break that shell. And right. so in order to do that, it had to shed some of itself to kind of, to, you know, bump the, the casing enough to break, to actually break that energy wave, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so again, this is kind of why I see it as the guardian of the galaxy shield or ship shields. It's because it's literally like, you know, when I keep forgetting what's his face's name, but when his ship kind of lands into that shield and it's pushing through and it Star finally, Lord? and it, no, not Star Lord, the, the big bad, um, when he finally pushes and, and snaps that shield netting and everything collapses as soon as that first puncture gets through, that's kind of mm-hmm. how I saw it was like, it had to throw something, it had to throw something into the netting with enough force to kind of give it a crack. And then as soon as the crack was there, then it was like, Oh no, no, no. You want, you want power, have some power. Right. (laughs) Here you go. Energizer bunny. We're going to, we're going to strap a nuclear, nuclear fusion core to you. Have fun. So I'm going to pose a devil's advocate. Chat. Traveler said, hold my beer. (laughs) Uh huh. Or, Oh no, you didn't. Here's a devil's advocate type of question for you. Did the traveler actually awake or is it just because he contained the light? The traveler couldn't push out light like it had been. Did it literally just implode because it had too much in it? Um, it's a, that's a good question because technically if the traveler, as, as we know, the traveler has now, well, now we know the traveler has been putting out light, um, mm-hmm. and then you cut. You know, basically, you 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 have kind of blocked it up. I mean, because that's what happened, right? Because all of us lost power because they stoppered it. Um, mm-hmm. The pressure. I mean, yeah, technically, I could see the argument there too, being that you know, and if you look at the traveler, you know, it is. It's got giant clockwork things inside of it. Um, you could also make the argument. Yeah, I mean, I can see the argument being made that it's not necessarily something that woke up. It's just the pressure got too much um, and structural integrity 
nuclear reactor style. Something had something had to give. Um, Mm -hmm. Though I, I mean, I I, I mean that's just a concept to bring up because I right no 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 I mean I I guess I guess somebody's going to no and it's it's a valid like I said it's a completely valid point. I just think that the way that Gaul, the the conclusion of Gaul's little power tantrum to me Mm kind of speaks more to at least some degree of cohesion on the travelers part consciousness I I mean like I mean I I'm trying I'm trying to go in line with what you're going with even if it's not Mm -hmm. like pure consciousness it does seem like there is a a deliberateness yes yeah even if it's not something that we would identify as hey this thing is an entity in and of itself you know, mm-hmm. let's go with that argument. There does seem to be a degree of self-preservation in the sense yeah. of you trap me and bad gall. Here's a right. slap. Here's a slap in the head. I mean, it could be taken a lot of different ways. I just want to, I know everyone alive is awake again. Well, in a, a way, yeah. And I think that's a really interesting perspective, but there's other ways that Bungie could take this. Right. And I mean, one of the scannables, one of the scannables that you kind of have noted here is like when we find one of the shards, it's like, I think ghost says like the power is even in this tiny piece is amazing. You know, like just like the sheer amount of power that's even in these little shards that we find is, you know, beyond expectations. And so you, you magnify that times, if you're if you're in stream this the traveler is filling up my my view screen like i mean the shards are itty bitty pieces of this thing and mm-hmm. you magnify it you know as many times as you need to to make a full version of that and the the power level is is well over 9000 and i i mean i say i say that with all seriousness like it is beyond anything that is imaginable and so yeah, yeah. if you stopper that up you're you're not just putting Mentos and Diet Coke. You're putting, you know, dynamite I can in put it. a tiny counterpoint to it because of the shard that we find in the EDZ. Mm-hmm. All the shards that we have broken off of the Traveler right now are like attracted to the main body of the Traveler. The one in the EDZ is not, whether that's because of distance and the weakening of, um the gravitational pull or something else. Well, there's there's counter arguments and whatnot. Just to be clear too, the shard in the EDZ is not the only shard that is not attractive. Um, You know, I I think there's, I I know that there's, there's the EDZ. Um, I think if I'm remembering correctly, there's one in the middle East. Um, I think there's one in one of the America, the Americas, if I remember right, but I, I mean, like I know there's, I know there's been others mentioned as being shard as other dead zones. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that the, the, the interesting thing is um, I would say that it's not attracted to the traveler, maybe because of the distance time, you know, magnet, the magnetism has, has dulled over time. And then also because they're described as being corrupted. They're described as being different from what we use. Cast off. 
Well, I mean, like another another scannable, right? Uh, another one of your scannables that you have mentioned here is like the energy. Like Ghost, when Ghost looks at the energy outputs from these shards, he actually makes the comment that the energy that is being offput by the shard is different from what we use. Mm-hmm. Because the corruption, <clears throat> whatever the corruption factor is, is actually interacting with the Traveler's power in some way, but it's actually still powerful like it's it's not well right but it's but it's not lessening the power right like you would think you still have as much vitality catch up it's like an infection you still right but i mean granted you run slower but i mean i i actually think i think this is actually more in line with what the awoken are the this weird Mm, mixture mm -hmm. of dark and light and but but it, it creates something other. It right. creates something more and not more in like the hierarchical sense, but something like that is both. Um, coexisting. Just, yeah, Two it's, souls it's a, coexisting it, in the same being. Yeah. I mean, speaking of like the blast that create that kind of thing, do you want to talk about the consequence of the yes, campaign? Because yes. the last scene that we have before it's actually after credits it's after the credits run is when the traveler blast goes out it sends out the shock wave the consequences and i I labeled this concept the consequences and post-campaign events Mm -hmm. Um, because i'm assuming if you're if you've made it this far into the episode and not turned us off because we spoiled something you have finished the campaign and have watched this clip um or if you haven't finished the campaign you know the clip that we're about to talk about um mm-hmm. and that is okay so official announcement of spoilers here um, we're way past that we're way past it but just like ultimate spoilers here um there's a there's a series of triangle ships there's a big debate on what these are and i mean as as normal we don't know we don't know what they are um we do know that they were activated when okay so here you're okay let me let me back up even further yeah please back up because there's a there's yeah there this is the biggest confusion point for me right now is that first off how in the nine hells did the blast radius reach that far because when so there's there's a couple arguments that I can think of immediately, but when in Destiny One we hear about the collapse and the event of um of the collapse, right, and the creation of the Awoken, we mm-hmm. hear that the Traveler did something similar to what it did at the end of Destiny Two. It blew this this light wave out to push that darkness back, which kind of connects back to that Orphic hymn that we read at the beginning. It pushed right. it pushed this dark mist back. But the description was that the light didn't go past the reef. Like it, the traveler it, didn't implode when it did it the first time either. Well, but it did. It did it because blew out the bottom. Right, but I mean, well, it didn't implode. It kind of exploded. But right. like, like, I mean, but this what time I'm, around, it literally exploded with energy. Well, and that's what I was about to say is like my one counterpoint to why the power level or the power, the whatever you want to call it, the wave shock of light wave. didn't go, the uh, shockwave, let's go with that. The reason the shockwave didn't go so far is because the traveler purposely pulled the punch. 
Um, and that kind of ties into my theory, my personal theory, just kind of what I kind of feel the tri- the triangle ships are. Um, I think the tri- I kind of view the triangle ships as predators of the traveler, and it's like a it's like a shark. You you drop a water drop a piece of chum in the water, and the sharks you know immediately zero in on the the blood. Um, I think well, the traveler. Go back to our original card that we read about the traveler at the very beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. There's a mention of it. Mm-hmm. Let's see, where is it at? Why is did it know it was being hunted across, across the, stars? the stars? Yep, that's. I mean, so, and so, but my my point there being is that the reason it pulled its punch was it it first off, which makes me kind of confident that the triangle ships are not the darkness, because. The darkness, I think, is something different. I think the darkness is separate from the triangle ships, or it's a different form. Because when it pushes the darkness back in the collapse, um, I, you know, given given what we know from Cage Six's journals and stuff like that, we're pretty confident that the 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 entities that they were combating in the collapse were probably taken, um, or some variant form of them, and. The uh, yeah, I think it was just buying time, basically. But I think the other thing is that makes me wonder. That makes me think that the triangle ships are worse than the Taken and Hive. Oh, I I a hundred percent think that the triangle ships are worse. I because mean, because if it pulled its punch, get... if it's pulled its punch to that point, and it was like, okay, yeah, you're bad, but these guys are worse, and I don't want to wake them up, and by you know, basically, hey, here right. I am, signal fire, right. Um, right and that's one of the things that i think is that it's been running and with the vision this goes right back to the beginning of the campaign when you get the first vision after you lose your light you see the triangle ships and you see them fall into the water or what looks like yeah, yeah, yeah what looks like water yeah um I with that kind of imagery the try i it almost seems like the traveler is warning you about them because you the last time we saw the triangle ships, it was in a very, very, very long time ago in the background image that you talked about at the beginning right. of the game. And we didn't, so, I mean, like if you when I'll, I'll, I'll send it in discord, but like when you look at it, it, they like knowing what we know now, you see them. But mm-hmm. like when you looked at, when you look at it, it just looks like hexagon um, artwork. Like right. it just looks like background artwork. You wouldn't pay any attention to it. But now we know of triangle shit. Like now we know about the triangle ships and that they're actually out there in the darkness beyond. And you look at the image that that is the wallpaper, and you're like, oh no, no those those, those are like pretty. I'm pretty confident to say those are meant to be the triangle ships. Well, we like, also had, if I remember correctly, there was except for the Taken King that everyone thought the dreadnought imagery. It was very triangle ship shaped. I think they re- mm. personally, I from a, a perspective of making the game, I think they repurposed it slightly. The imagery for it, it could have been originally yeah. warning us of the of orcs and the dreadnought and everything, but I think they repurposed the the design of the ship and then gave us the triangle ships as a possible new enemy or new threat, even if it's not an enemy that we face. But I definitely agree with you. The shark in the water type concept. Mm. I just, I mean, like, oh my god! It just like like, I saw that. I saw that, and I was like, oh, those are the predators. Like those are Mm -hmm. the things. Those are the things that eat the things. 
that we call gods. Like, you know, like, I mean, I just, it, it just, to me, that was the first thing that immediately sprang to mind. And, and the more I think about it, the more it's like when you watch how the wave of light kind of like goes through and, you know, activates all these different things. And then it's, mm-hmm. it's just a whisper. Like, you know, it's just a whisper when it touches those triangle ships and all of a sudden all of them are like, rah, 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 and like they start swinging toward it. And I'm like, oh, they just got a scent. Like they, mm-hmm. they've been, they've been dormant between, I, I, I keep thinking, and this is kind of me coming from a long history of reading like Star Wars novels. And as much as it pains me to say it, they really reminded me of the Yuuzhan Vong, uh, which oh, was, a, yeah. which is a species in Star Wars um, that actually traveled between galaxies. And in order to travel between galaxies, they basically like launched themselves into the, into the void between the, these galaxies and then went dormant as and and their their entire like the entire argument or the entire structure of their species was they didn't have technology they had all organic stuff um but the 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 important thing is is like they were one of the very few species who actually was able to jump between galaxies and the way they did that was they created worlds basically in which they lived while they're traveling between these galaxies and that's what kind of like when i saw the scene of those triangle ships. That's like one of the first things that sprang to mind was this is going to, this is like, this is a space beyond anything that we have. Like this is a space that even if we could get to the edge of the galaxy, this is beyond that. This is something other, like not just otherworldly, not just a, I mean, this is beyond alien. Um, This is from the void itself. I, I don't know if it's from the I, void itself. I see have, I see I see where you're going with right. that. We and, don't have confirmation from that, but Right. And I know I could see it being that way. Right. And uh and there's also the nod to that possibly being the case in the callus cards or the callus book. Um or no, sorry, in the um the raid the raid gear. Callus callus mm-hmm. talks about going to the edge and looking into the void and seeing something that made him tremble. Uh, you know, like, I mean, like there, there is, there is definitely a connection there that I see there. Um, books of sorrow have that same kind of feel. Right. Right. Too. I mean, in, in the books of sorrow, I mean, like I definitely attribute the hive more to the Yuzan Vong as far as like the species mm-hmm. connection, because they kind of more are like, as far as like socially and like technologically speaking, they're definitely more of that case. But that that image of those triangle ships, I mean, it was to me, it was like watching a a family of sharks turn turn tail and come towards something. And yeah, definitely. So I, I just, but I definitely don't think that it's the darkness. The it, okay, so the, like the light and the darkness. A, are we using those terms still? Because wasn't there a big hubbub okay. before here's, Destiny here's came fun out thing. about here's, the term? Yeah. Okay. So here's the funny thing. Everyone is like, don't use the darkness. Don't use our, I was standing by Shax the other day and Shax mentions the darkness. He's like, man, if so I had, if I had a hunter like you, I wouldn't have to worry about the darkness or so he said something. Right. And I was like, you, you aren't following the rules. <laughs> right. Rahul says, if, yeah, the if Raul you into the yeah. darkness, does it look back at you? I mean, we still have mentions of it in games. I find the, of not wanting the darkness to be a thing a little 
I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I think, I think the dark, I think it's still a valid thing. I think, but I think the, if, if we're going to use the terms, I think that the triangle ships, if they are connected to the darkness, they are a different, <laughs> it feels weird saying this, they're a different shade of the darkness <laughs> than anything. I mean, like, they're a different I, aspect of it than we've seen. Well, I mean, if you think of, the light and the darkness being two not like sentient type beings, but actual concepts, abstract concepts, the darkness being a consuming type thing and the light being a uh, life giving. It would make sense that they would have a type of hunter type character be a f- the the triangle ships or mm-hmm. similar to the triangle ships in concept, uh, which really gets which really debate about really it. gets fun when you start applying the theory of the symmetry into it. Oh God, please let's yeah. not. not tonight. Not, not Ulan tonight. Ulan not tonight. Not tonight. Not tonight. We will do symmetry at some point because that's a whole symmetry is a fun so, one. I love it. It is. It is. But we can't do it in 15 minutes. No. Yeah. Symmetry is there's a light side and a dark side, and it's a force that binds us together. It's duct tape. Or, I'm sorry, it's, the force. Well, it's a, a, a Tao. Yeah, yin yang. It's, it's a definitely, definitely, definitely that. Um, though. Oh, never mind. <laughs> anyway. I will, I, will, I will make this comment. There is an item. There is an item from Destiny 1. That actually begs the question of the triangle ships that is connected to Ulantan. Which item is that? The dagger. Uh... You are not the first. What was it? You are not the first hero, nor Oryx, the first villain to meet upon mm-hmm. this plane. I was like, what are you talking? Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. I want to go back and reread a lot of Destiny 1 grimoire at this point and see how much of it is changed in a new light i mean it's obviously mm-hmm. hasn't changed but to see how it's looked at in a different light yeah interesting i need to take it with me to work my there you go book. there you go so i mean and that, and that's really i mean i think that's a pretty good comprehensive look at the traveler um i mean obviously obviously there's significantly more that we could go into um, mm-hmm. as far as like intricate details and growth and, you know, theories, especially theories are going to go every which way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they always are, which is why we have the discord chat. Yeah. But, um, I know, I know you wanted to talk actually kind of going to moving into a little bit of the shout outs, final comments. I know you really, really wanted to talk about some of the speaking of theories, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to let you take the stage. Definitely. So if you've been listening for a little while, you know that we have the website. And I don't know if you know on our website, but we have articles written by community members of our Discord chat. And community community members of people who just listen to our podcast, who jump in there and who get into what's called our writing studio. And it's... We, we're giving them a platform, we're giving you guys a platform to be able to write articles that Blue and I read through and we approve and then we'll put on the website. 
We've gotten three really good ones lately. Uh, one by Trigger Blade X, one by Infested Potato, and then the last one by KGC Man ninety two. And Infested Potato had a really good theory about the evolution of light, if I remember correctly. Right, Blue. What was that? Sorry. Infested Potato's I, theory on yes, the evolution infested, of light. Sorry, I was I was actually I was I was sending you a message. Actually, I was saying. Um, when you you made a comment about us reviewing, I just wanted to make mm-hmm. sure that people knew our rev- when when she says we review before we post it to the site. Our literally what we're doing is we're going through. Um, we might we might suggest some grammar changes or might mm-hmm. make a few minor changes. We don't change anything in it, but the main no. thing that we're doing is we are just making sure that it's safe for work. Um, right. We don't change we don't change anything. So these these articles that you're reading from these guys is it's all them um all we do is we just want to make sure that it's not um adult rated let's go with that right. word um so that's that's i just that's actually what i was typing when you when you called uh, me out okay. on that one um Sorry. yes uh so potato blade potato had the theory of light mm-hmm. uh kjc has an, uh, the amazing fan fiction and then trigger blade also has a very good fan fiction Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you can do it in your own style, right? You can it's, write it in your own style, in your own way, in your own perspective. Yes, so. and it's it's entirely up to you. And um, uh, theories, we have a a tag that if you go to the website and you go to the uh, the article section, all the all the personal theories that have been sent in are going to be under the spin foil, um, unless we have like uh, Rhino does the weekly armor. Uh, discussions or well item discussions that will be in the lore because the lore tab because it's kind of deriving directly from quotes and while it is expanding on that it's mostly when you read those it's mostly historical expansion that is explaining where that kind of connects to it's not actually being like this is this is proof that you know i'm I'm trying to think of something Um, rhino okay so rhino does what blue rhino does in text what blue does in the show so when you hear blue talk about the history of Plutarch or anything like that, or the history of prayer beads and stuff like that. That's kind of something that Rhino does with the items of the game. So if you get an item that has a historical connection of any sort, or um, even literature connected of any sort, he will try to find that. And there's actually a group of people helping him with that for the destiny two items, which is a new project that we're starting soon. I believe. We have a few projects, Soon. but yeah. yeah. So, so in all those entries, if you have something, I know that there's been a lot of, uh, of interest in getting, you know, getting those going. If you have interest in that, please email us um, or mm-hmm. message message me privately on Discord. Message Green privately. Emailing emailing the group box is probably the quickest way to get it because basically Green and I both are going to be looking at that and just making sure you know that's how we get the first initial round. Um, mm-hmm. and generally the process is what we do is we have you guys submit the first article in, in an email so that we can just review, like I said, review, make sure it's okay for, uh, for maturity level. Um, and then we'll post that on the website. And then once we get that posted on the website, we're going to go ahead and we'll set you guys up as, you know, I think it's contributors on the mm-hmm. website, um, which basically allows you to draft the next round of whatever you want draft it directly on the website 
Um, and then that way it's just a little bit more of a streamlined process that, and then you also get your, your name, your, your account gets attached to all those, those posts. And so you Mm -hmm. get notified, you get all that, you know, attention, which is what we're doing. And we're trying to get you guys that stuff. Um, definitely. It's kind of a cool thing that we're doing, you know, kind of cool. I like it. I, I get, it gives me it gives me an excuse to get to read some of the some really cool, um, not just theories, but like fan fiction. Man, fan fiction for some of the stuff that like you know all of us have our own interpretation of what our characters are doing, whether mm-hmm. that be really really complex or really simple. It doesn't really matter. I mean, like um, one of the ones that I will be hopefully getting up this weekend. I, I'm trying to get it up this weekend. Um, the, for KJC, I'm going to try to get his, his posted, uh, you know, he actually has a really cool interaction with, uh, his character's ghost and like, you mm-hmm. know, the, it, and it's just, to me, it's just, I, I love reading that stuff. I, I love doing that. And this is just basically me, me finding a way to trick myself into giving myself permission to read stuff like that. And we also get to publish it and, you know, get you guys's attention you know gets that attention out for you because it's it's great stuff i i I love i love doing this part definitely and we also have articles on the website about some other games so it's not just uh, not just destiny destiny is the primary one but pins halo actually put up a really good article about the halo series we we might have another one coming I'm excited for this. I know I am too. Cause I know what I know the topic and I'm really <laughs> excited for it. But if you have something like that, that you're super passionate about run it by blue and I, and we might be able to put that on there too. Now, granted we're still trying to keep within hopefully Bungie is what I'm, uh, I'm not. I mean, I I'm even tempted to do, you know what? Like we're talking about the books and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm tempted to say, you know what, if you want to do a book review, you want to put a book review up there? I'm I'm pretty I'd yeah. be okay with putting book reviews up there. Um, I did get some hits on my book review. I'm trying to think what else. I here's 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 what I'll say. If you are passionate about anything, just like with the Discord, if you are very passionate about something and you want an avenue to put your thoughts out there, message me. I will figure a way to get it on the website. I'm more than happy to get, I mean, I'm more than happy to figure out a way to make it work. Um, if you're passionate about it and, you know, like, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm game for just about anything. My one caveat is it's, it's just gotta be accessible to all ages. Like you can I don't want, I don't want. We don't need um, any mature warnings. Right. Right. That's my one caveat is now when I say mature, when I say accessible to all ages, I don't mean like reading comprehension accessible. I mean, content, you know, Mm -hmm. I I don't, I don't want to get into a, a, a situation where it's awkward for people to read something. That's my one, that's my one, my one qualifier. Other than that, I'm, I'm, you know, Katie bar the door. I'm, I'm fine with whatever. And there's other websites. If you are so inclined, to write something like that there are other websites to publish that kind of thing yes onto. yes and i'm it more is- than happy to go and find i don't even know any off the top of my head but i'm sure it's the I internet do. we can find a couple <laughs> I do. I do. 
when you have to tell students to stop looking at a particular website <laughs> and stop reading. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Anyway, um, on to a lighter note. Let's go on. Um, I may have broken blue a little bit with that thought. Oh, that's just funny. It is. It is. It's all sad. But uh, next weekend, the weekend of the 20th, 21st, and 22nd, I don't show people, if you are listening to this bat, past this, this is October 20th, 21st, and 22nd of 2017. That is the we're in. The Dames of Destiny are going to be doing their fourth annual breast cancer awareness charity stream. And the Focus Fire Chat is going to be a part of it. Mainly Yay! at this time, it's me. Blue might be able to jump on. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my best. But I will be streaming and closing out the whole charity events next Sunday night, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern, which means it's 8 p.m. Central and 7 p.m. Mountain. And I don't remember the rest of the device. <laughs> time, so I'm time, zones are, time zones are difficult. So I'm just trying to give you guys in, some info. I It is a three-hour block that I'll be doing. Um, some other this like bigger name streamers that are going to be helping with it. Myland is on Friday, I believe. Uh, Ballista Kitties on s- either Friday or Saturday. Bell's on Saturday. Or, no, Bell's on Sunday. Bell's like midday Sunday. Guardian Outpost is like the first one on Friday, they're going to be raising money for uh, breast cancer research, which I think is super important because I've got some personal ties to that, which I'm going to talk about on stream next week. And yeah, you should come and join me on the 22nd, starting around 9 p.m. Eastern, because I'm going to be streaming some some destinies and actually Mori is going to be modding mine. So I get to talk. Nice. To Mori, I'm Mori's excited. Fun. Mori is amazing, but yeah, we'll be doing that and definitely stop by. If you're not stopping by during my stream portion of the stream, definitely stop by sometime next weekend and hear, hear them out. If you have some money to donate, great. If not helping is always good. Or Donating just raising awareness. Is- yeah, definitely. Getting the word out. Mm-hmm. I mean, breast cancer is kind of a thing that we tend to talk about a lot because it has its month. But a lot of people don't realize how devastating it can be to everybody, not just women. Anyway, that is my shout outs slash promo for next week. Blue. Uh, for next week, for me... Um... I'm going to be probably the latter half of next week. I'll probably be kind of out of touch for a lot of people. Um, I'll be, I'll be playing solo parent next weekend, which is why I'm, I might be on the charity stream. I'm going to try my very best, but uh, any, any parents out there who, who appreciate, I, 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 yeah. Solo parenting is like the toughest gig and I have the utmost respect for solo parents. Um, That's all I'm going to, that's all I'm going to say on that. But uh, the next week's topic is going to be War Mines. So we're going to be doing an update similar to the update that we did on the Traveler this week. We will be doing that on the War Mind or War Mines, depending. 
tune in next week for that debate. Uh, and, oh, boy. <laughs> and then uh, two big shout-outs for uh, two new subs over on Twitch, uh, ORL, ORLDST and TDL61698. I'm a huge fan of the alphanumeric codes. Um, I would love to know what they mean if you have mm-hmm. the time. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for your guys' uh, subscriptions over there on Twitch. We really appreciate the support. And um, if you were in before the show started, uh, we have added a few little things to the Twitch layout. Uh, if you are interested in seeing what shenanigans we get up to during the week, we do game streams usually every Monday and Tuesday nights. Uh, through mm-hmm. the week with a few exceptions we all have that synced up on our google calendar if you have um if you have google or if you're interested in that and you just want to see our schedules uh we have that all synced up on there i know there's been some some uptake in interest on that so if you have any questions on syncing that you can actually sync that calendar up and it will notify you before we go all live um, mm-hmm. or before we do anything uh, we have it set up to push out notifications for that that process as well uh, and if like I said if you have any questions on getting that set up please let either myself green or any of the moderators uh, know and we can we can walk you through it it's Google so it's pretty it's a pretty straightforward process but that being said I think that's it and we'll run through the outro real fast and stick around for a little bit of an after show with that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for a live streaming of the episode each week, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash chat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on the new and improved www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions for our team concerning the podcast. And please, please, please let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes as well. Also, make sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So, until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. Bright.